0: Thank you for joining us to hear today's message. At Faith Assembly, our passion and purpose is loving people to life in Christ. To find out more information, visit our website, faithnewcumberland.com. All right, First Samuel 16, 7, this verse, and this message today is kind of birthed out of uh, a dream God gave me this this week. He woke me up in the middle of the night, and I jotted some things down, so... And uh, just felt impressed to share share some of these thoughts with us today to kind of really start off this year, you know. And uh, the the theme that keeps coming to mind is like the spiritual cleansing. You know, this is a new year, and usually we're thinking about like how much weight I want to lose. You know, we all have those things and exercise. I can do this and that, but spiritually, what are what are those things that maybe be holding us back? Those things that if we continue to carry them into this year, we're going to end up where we were last year, you know, and God wants us to get beyond where we were. He wants us to move beyond the hangups, the holdups, the shakeups from last year, and he wants us to press in, press through, press forward into this new year in victory. Amen. So maybe you came in and you felt down, you felt discouraged. You felt like, well, there's no hope for this year, but I'm praying that God would change us. He would change me. He would change all of us that say, you know what, God, God wants to do something new in my life. You know, that's my prayer. God, do something new in me. You know, I know there's things in my life that need to change and need to be reset and transformed. So God, would you start with me? Would you do a new work in my life today? So uh, this scripture first samuel sixteen seven i 'm just a few different scriptures, but if your Bible's just kind of chase around with me uh it says this the Lord does not look at the things people look at people look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart now this is a story of choosing of King David right, and you know he he didn't quite look the part you know his brothers were taller and handsomer and stronger, and you know he was just this little kid, you know. And uh, uh, God said to, to Samuel, you know, don't look at the... Don't be so consumed with what you see. You know, uh, we live in a society, a culture where we're consumed with what we see, right? How things look, how things taste, what, how, what the appearance is and the appeal. And what What's my Facebook post going to do? How many likes do I get? And the interactions we have. There's so much about appearance today, right? And if we're not careful, we, we're so consumed with our appearance that we forget about the most important things the internal things. Jesus when he was preaching and teaching, he talked about what? The heart, right? Whatever comes out of your heart, you know, it's just it's just rivers and all the, the important things of the heart in our lives. So the Bible says that the Lord doesn't look at what people look at. The way that we measure success and what what we measure as, you know, what what is positive, but God says he looks at what is on the inside. And I'm going to uh, share a story uh, this morning from, this, uh, from Acts chapter 8. I've never preached from this text, but God kept bringing me back to this story. And uh, so a few things we want to draw out and uh, just end uh, this morning in a time of prayer. Acts chapter 8 is an interesting journey in the life of the church. It's the church is going through this transitional phase where the church, the Holy Spirit was poured out on the church and then great persecution came upon the church. And uh, today, you know, we always pray God keep us safe and keep us protected and keep us, you know, all these things, but you know, the church expanded actually in times of persecution. As the heat of persecution climbed, the church expanded and the gospel went out forward. So that's where we're at here. We're in, we're in this transitional phase of the the early church is going out. They're actually doing what God has called them to do. Go and make disciples of all nations, not just Jerusalem, right? They had started there, but then he's like to Judea and Samaria and all the outermost parts of the world. So we see this beginning to take place because of persecution. And so we pick up here in verse 4, and I I read here Acts chapter 8, starting with verse 4. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. I could just pause there and say, you know what? Sometimes those times where you think, what is happening, God? What What is your purpose in this, God? Maybe it's an it's a ministry opportunity for you. Maybe he has a scattering opportunity for you, and he has a purpose for that. He's going to use it for his good, right? All things work together for the good to those who love him or are called according to his purpose. It says those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Right. Philip. And this is uh, Philip, I believe uh, Jess preached on Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch last week. She did awesome. I listened to that message and I loved how she just, the illustration she started with and ended with, it it was excellent last week. She did a great job. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. He's preaching the gospel, right? When the crowds heard, circle that or underline that. When the crowds heard Philip, and saw the signs, under that word, saw the signs. When they heard Philip, when they saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. Okay? They all paid close attention to what he said. Now, let's just, that's part of the gospel. That's part of, you know, signs and wonders following but I'm reminded of that of scripture in 1 Samuel 16. God doesn't look at the outward appearance. God looks at the heart. Sometimes we're consumed with the outward appearance, the signs, the wonders, the miracles. They were hearing the gospel. They, they heard with shrieks, the impure spirits came out of many and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. There was a revival taking place. Verse 9. Now, for some time, a man named Simon, turn your neighbor and say, Simon. Simon. <clears throat> Not Simon says, this is Simon the sorcerer. All right, Gandalf the Grey or Simon the sorcerer. Simon had practiced sorcery in the city and amazed all the people of Samaria. All right, this was an influential person. He boasted that he was someone great, and all the people, both high and low, gave him their attention. And exclaimed, This man is rightly called the great power of Oz. Oz, Oz, Oz. Oz. No, he was the great power of God. That's what I thought of when I read that happened to you when you read the Bible and things pop in your head, and that's how I connect things and remember things. They called him the great power of God. This is a great magician, great sorcerer. He was influential. They followed him because he had amazed them. Wow. For a long time with his sorcery. Do you know that you can be amazed if you're not careful by the things of this world, the people of this world, the, the entertainment, the culture of this world It can be appealing, right? Wow. That person is really talented. Wow. If we're not careful, we can get sucked into that. We can get sucked into worshiping the Simons of this world instead of worshiping the God of this world. But when they believed Philip, as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Verse 13, Simon himself believed and was baptized. Simon the sorcerer, Simon the magician, Simon the great power of Oz, 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 was saved and was baptized He followed Philip everywhere, astonished by the great signs and miracles he saw. He was astonished. There was something captivating. Wow, Philip's going around. He's preaching. He's casting out devils. He's healing. Wow, he was astonished by this. It says, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And we taught on this last year. This is the, the difference of the two baptisms. There's water baptism, there's spirit baptism. They had been water baptized, but they had not been baptized in the Holy Ghost. So it says, then Peter and John placed their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Well, how would they know? Well, the context alludes to that they probably spoke in tongues. It just says Acts two and other instances of those being filled with, empowered by the Holy Spirit. Verse eighteen: When Simon saw that the Spirit was given at the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them. Money and said, Give me also this ability so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. Simon offered them money. That's where we get this term. There's a term today because of this. Simoni or simony You know, his name lives in infamy because of this, this idea of selling uh, church offices, uh, passing, you know, like can I buy, a, be a bishop? Can I buy and be a, a deacon? Can I buy and purchase this? That, that became kind of a, uh, you know, they traced that back to Simon. He wanted to purchase this power of God. I want to be able to do what Philip did and I want, I'm going to give you money as this kind of a transaction. And Peter answered him, may your money perish with you. Now think of this. Simon is a Christian. He says he's saved. He's baptized. He's a part of them. And, And Peter says, may your money perish with you. Because you thought you could buy the gift of God with money, you have no part or share in this ministry. Because your heart is not right before God. As I read this, it was just like a it was like phew, flaming arrows in my heart because your heart is not right before God and it was just a reminder sometimes we can we can do the right religious things you know we can come to church we can read our bibles we can pray but if we're not careful our heart can be not right with God Philip or Peter says repent of this wickedness and pray to the Lord in the hope that he may forgive you for having such a thought in your heart for i see that you are full of bitterness and captive to sin. he was a follower he was a christian but he had not put to death those things. The sin was still reigning in his life. He was full of bitterness. He was captive to sin. He was still a magician, right? He still wanted magical powers to wow people around him. then Simon answered, pray to the Lord for me. All right, here's another indication that he's just not quite getting it. He says, you pray for me, you know, that this wouldn't happen to me, that nothing that you've said may happen to me. You do this for me. This is kind of this transactional type spirituality. So here's a few, few takeaways and observations, and I want us to bring this to what this could mean for each of us as we start out this year. Number one, Simon seemed to become a Christian because of what he could get from God. There's something in Simon's story that he was just used to being the man of influence, right? He was used to having the attention and the prestige. And there was something about, as we're reading the story, you know what? He, he must have had the motivation that I want something, you know. I don't maybe know I need to change my life, but there's, there's I want to get something from God in, in a selfish type way. And he wanted power, right? Simon liked power, and he wanted power. He was mesmerized by God's power. He was willing to pay to receive God's power. Simon's belief in Jesus seems to be like that spoken in John chapter 2 verses 23 through 25. Turn there to John chapter 2. says this. Now, while he being Jesus was in Jerusalem at the Passover feast, many people saw the miraculous signs he was doing and believed in his name. But Jesus would not entrust himself to them for he knew all men. Jesus knew the hearts of men. He knew that many of them were following him just because of the cool things he did. Right. Many of those same people would, uh, you know, Not that long later, be saying crucify him, right? So they were drawn to him by the miraculous wonders and the powers. They were mesmerized. They were astonished. They weren't astonished that he was the Messiah, that he was the king. He was the Lord. They just wanted what he had. There's something he can do for me. As a pastor, sometimes I I encounter people that, you know, their intent to follow God is what they can get from him. And when things don't go right in their life, they're like, well, I guess God's not, this isn't a right, a good transaction, right? You know, I got sick or this happened to my family or I lost my job. And, you know, I'm I'm serving Jesus. I'm a Christian. Why is this happening? Well, sometimes that's just life, right? We live in this fallen world where bad things happen. But if our motivation is only to serve God, to get what, we want from him that our heart we need to have a heart check today so the question for my for me and for all of us is why am i following jesus why have i decided why am i a christian why am i serving him what's my motivation maybe it began in a good way you know i i recognize my need for a savior i recognize the forgiveness that i needed maybe it's morphed into something not so good, and today God would change that in all of us. God, help me to to want to get closer to you for the right reasons. Well, help me to draw closer to you for for the, the the reasons that you want me to, not to get something from you, but to get closer to you and draw closer in relationship with you. The second thing I see from this is although Simon was a quote unquote a Christian, his heart was not right before god it was full of bitterness the scripture says it was captive to sin whether he didn't fully surrender to the lord i don't know the story doesn't really give us too many details it just says you know he's kind of mesmerized he was astonished he you know yeah i'll get baptized yeah i'll do that and here's some money can i you know do what you're doing and there was something in his heart that wasn't surrendered to the lord it's so important that we surrender fully to God. You know, that's why the Bible talks about confession and repentance. Some people want to say, well, you just pray and just ask God and he'll forgive you. And, well, there's this idea, the biblical idea of confession and repentance. And I just say, okay, God, you know, forgive me, but it's, God, I, I turn away from that. You know, I confess that, I repent from that, I turn away from that sin, and I turn towards you. Genesis 4, 7, it says this. If you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. None of us are immune from that. There's there's temptation, there's desires that we need to be on the offensive and not in the passive, you know, just like, oh, whatever happens, happens. No, we need to be on the offensive. You know, I'm not gonna let Satan destroy my family. I'm not going to let Satan destroy my marriage. I'm not going to let Satan destroy this church or whatever you know, is going on. I'm not going to let this Satan destroy this relationship I have with my kids or my friends or my, my coworkers. Sin is crouching. It's waiting. It wants to rule over you, but we must not allow that to happen. Simon, his heart was not fully surrendered to the Lord. So when something came up, man, he just, he just lunged at it. Let me, let me buy that. Let me purchase that. First Peter 5 says, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. He's looking for the weakest link, right? Like that—that that, you know, watch those those uh, videos of the animals, you know? They're they're going after that that little calf that they got like one missing leg, like eh, you know, he can't run that fast, you know? That lions going to pounce on him and devour him. You know, if you're not alert, if you're not of sober mind, if you're not intent with what you want, what you're doing for the Lord, that the lions going to come, and if you're not careful, he can come and devour. Your life. So Peter says, You know what? Your heart is wicked. Your heart is evil. You need to repent. You need to pray that God would have mercy. So the question what's in my heart? What's in our hearts today? And the third thing is that Simon's sin negatively influenced generations. To come. Now, we, we, we don't get this from, from the scripture because the scripture just gives us a little window of Simon's life. But if you read church history and the church fathers, his legacy lasted for centuries. And um, Simon the sorcerer referred to eventually as Simon Magus or Simon, you know, the magician. And uh, Justin Martyr, sorry, my voice seems to be going. Justin Martyr, who lived in the uh, second century, he, he was a Samaritan where this story took place, and he said this. He says, nearly all of his countrymen revered Simon as the highest god. Irenaeus, who lived also in the second century, speaks of um, Simon Magus as, as the father of Gnosticism, which was a heretical group group. Believing that oh, there's other ways and there's, you know, way to salvation and, you know, higher powers and all this kind of nonsense. The second century acts of Peter as descriptions of how Simon Magus corrupted Christians living in Rome by his teachings. He was leading them astray, leading them away from the gospel. His followers eventually became known as the Simonians. I had no idea I was until I was researching this a little bit more. There was a group called the Simonians. All right, that they eventually developed this teaching that that Simon. Um, let's see here. I have to read it because it's it's pretty bizarre. Simon was the first god, and he developed he produced um, Helena, who was used to be a prostitute. She was the first thought. So Simon was the first god, and he produced the first thought, and on and on, this kind of this bizarre blend of teachings. And these are the Simonians. They trace back to Simon Magus, Simon the magician, Simon the sorcerer, Simon the one who says, you know, Philip, I'll, I'll follow this, but I want something from this. His sinful heart not only led him astray, but it led countless others away as well. Be alert, be of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. If you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door, desires to have you, but you must rule over. And you say, well, Pastor, why are you preaching this today? Happy New Year to you, Pastor. Maybe you need to get away more often. Well, earlier this week, as I said, I I was woken up in the middle of the night with this on my heart. And uh, so I share this with you. Like I said, this, this is a message to me, and I pray it's for all of us. But he showed me a picture, and that's why I have this picture of the picket fence up here. He showed me this picture of this beautiful white picket fence. You know, this used to be a status, you know, you know the white picket fence. You know, if you had a house with a white picket fence, it was kind of a social symbol. Like you had arrived, you know. You just you just had arrived in life, and so God would sh- show me this picture of this beautiful white picket fence, and I was like, man that is that is awesome, you know that's just beautiful. We have a dog, and we think someday we'd love to have a fence, you know, r- let Rosie run around, and that'd be so cool. But then God showed me the other side of the fence because the public we only see you drive by, you walk by, you only see one part, you see that nice, beautiful, white, clean part. And on the other part was it wasn't so white anymore and uh, it was dirty it was gross and on on the back side was just written all these different words different sins different hidden things that i know that sometimes we all struggle with or people deal with these secret sins on the other side on the one side that everyone could see it was like this perfect beautiful white fence but on the other side was was dirty and gross and disgusting, and all these sins that were written down. Sins that no one else may even know about, but only God knows about. The Lord said to me that now is the time to stop playing games with God and with those around us. We must confess and repent of our sins, even those that we try to hide from those around us and those that we even try to hide from God. Because that's the lie of the enemy, right? Sometimes it's like, well, I don't. maybe I'm fooling God. <laughs> I haven't had a consequence from this. I haven't felt, you know, but, you know, that's the enemy leading us away. The Lord said to stop playing games with God by living in sin, but pretending to live for God by surrounding your spiritual life with a beautiful white picket fence on the outside, but the inside is full of sin and rebellion. You may be able to hide your sin from others. I may be able to hide my sin from others, but I cannot hide my sin from God, and neither can you. Only Jesus can cleanse all of us from our sins. And the promises Jesus says, if we confess, he will forgive. He will purify. That's why Peter says, Simon, you got it all wrong here. Confess, repent, you know, get things right with God. And he was like, well, how about you pray for me? You know, you, you make that happen for me, right. Pastor. You, you do it for me, you know. And um, no, we must confess. We must turn away from those sins. And God will forgive us. He will purify us. I can't think of a better way to start off the year with a new, just like hit that easy button, the reset button in our hearts, in our lives, in our spiritual lives. It's a spiritual cleansing. You know, we go through, we go through wacky diets, you know, that are hard, right? We go through weird habits that we form at the beginning of the year. I'm going to exercise. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do gym membership. And, you know, we make hard choices, Sometimes our spiritual lives we get wimpy, like, well, I don't wanna, you know, work hard for God, you know. Well today is like a this is a this is a start the new year off right, you know. We're gonna we're gonna take steps, we're gonna take bold steps, we're gonna be honest. That's probably the hardest step, be honest. Yeah. You know, there's things in my life. I need to change. I need to you know, yesterday having conversations with Krista, you know, like she was reminding me of things that, you know, I need to I need to do better. And I said, I'm I'm sorry, would you forgive me? You know. The selfishness in me was coming out, you know, so there's things that we all need to change. There's all things that we all need to say, God, would you forgive me, cleanse me, start me off this new year on the right way. And my prayer is that when we leave, we're not we don't leave condemned because that's not God. Unless you don't repent, unless you carry. Well, I don't need to repent. There's nothing I got. (laughs) you leave that way, then yeah, you know, you might, you might feel a little condemnation or conviction when you, when you're on your way home. But if you come and say, God, forgive me, you know, I need you, heal me, restore me. God will forgive you. He will cleanse you. He will purify you from all unrighteousness. He will make your white picket fence white on both sides, you know, just as thorough cleansing. And I I just think that's a, a beautiful picture of what God wants to do in our hearts. Would you stand? Let's just uh, just go before the Lord today and make this a, a time where we all together say, God, would you heal me? Would you restore me? Would you make, make my life with you fresh and new today, Jesus? Jesus, Lord, we just all acknowledge our need for you. How there is an enemy wanting to devour and to lead us astray. And how easy it is sometimes to put up a false image of who we are. Say, yeah, I'm great, brother. I'm great, sister. Man, I love the Lord. And on the inside, there's these sins that we're hanging on to. Maybe it's easy to go to church or do certain religious things. But on the inside, we know that we're just kind of rotting away. So, Jesus, would you start that work on the inside of us again? That inner healing work. Right now, Lord, just we confess and we repent. Just take a moment in your heart and just confess, repent things that you know you're struggling with. You don't have to do it out loud. Just do it in your, in your hearts. Things that you, you want to confess to the Lord. Things that you want to repent of to the Lord. Jesus, hear our confession today. And Lord, we repent. We turn away from those things. We know that your forgiveness is to lead us away from those things, not to return to them. And so we confess. Maybe it's an attitude, maybe it's an action, it's a behavior, it's a mindset. Maybe it's an addiction. So Lord, we confess and we turn away from that. And by faith, we turn to you, Jesus, and say, God, forgive us. Purify us. Cleanse us. Just take a moment. Just allow the the cleansing of the Holy Spirit the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. Come and wash away all of your sins. double-minded man or person is unstable in all their ways. You don't want to live a life of this two-sided coin of I'm one way on the one side and who I'm, you know, we want to live a life of integrity, of character, who we are in church is the same as who we are at home, who we are on the job is the same as who we are in church. We want to live a life of character and integrity. So Jesus, Thank you for forgiving us, cleansing us. Start us off this year with a fresh start. A fresh commitment. A new dedication to you. The old has gone, the new has come. Sing it again, I have decided I have decided someone, tell someone that what you prayed about, what you're wanting God to do in your life, be honest with someone, maybe it's a spouse, it's a friend, it's someone that you trust, and allow them to also speak in your life, encourage you on your walk with the